You're listening to the Full and Thriving Podcast, a place where courageous women come to break free from food obsession, heal their relationship with their body, and strive to live a life that's present, lighthearted, and meaningful. If you're listening, my wish is that this podcast serves as a catalyst that inspires you to nourish your body, nurture your mind, and energize your spirit. I'm your host, Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hey friends, before the next episode, I wanted to share a bit more about my virtual recovery community called The Recovery Collective. For less than a cost of one therapy session per month, our members get access to workshops, group coaching with me, cook-alongs, yoga, recipes, meditations, and even a private Facebook community. It is seriously the most fun community in the eating disorder recovery world right now. If your eating disorder is making you feel isolated and alone, this place will lift your spirits and bring you the connection you're looking for. So I ask you to join all of us. Go to recoverycollective.mykajabi.com or you can check out the link in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you inside the collective and enjoy this next episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another solo episode of the Full and Thriving Podcast. It is always so exciting for me to sit down and have the privilege of recording another episode for all of you. So before I begin, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to my shows, subscribing to the podcast, writing reviews, sharing this with your friends. For all of you who are loyal listeners, it means so much to me. So I wanted to start out by just giving you all a big virtual hug and expressing my gratitude because I love bringing these episodes to all of you and I love seeing our little audience grow. So thank you all for being here. Today I wanted to share one of the tools that I teach as an eating disorder recovery coach. And this is without a doubt, in my opinion, the most important takeaway that anyone will have when they work with an eating disorder recovery coach or in general, just by listening to this podcast. I think this is something that will be transformational in your recovery. That tool is the tool of dialoguing between your eating disorder self and your healthy self. And to break that down a little bit, when you have an eating disorder, you are always at war with yourself. And part of you wants to do something, the other part of you knows it's wrong. And this is proof that there are two parts of you existing at the same time. And in recovery, this can be simplified as your eating disorder self 
versus your healthy self. And when you have a full-blown eating disorder, your eating disorder self is in control. It has hijacked the plane. It makes all the rules. It is demanding. It's bossy. It's mean to the healthy self. And if you've been suffering for a long time, you may not even remember what it's like to have your healthy self in control. Your healthy self is the part of you that's at peace, it's calm, it's wise, it's flexible, it's self-compassionate, it's loving, it's the part of you that puts recovery first. And this may feel like a foreign concept to many of you listening, but I want to remind you that you decided to listen to this podcast today. So no matter how small and weak your healthy self feels, that is proof that your healthy self exists in some way. Recovery is the beautiful journey of allowing your healthy self to have a voice again and bringing your healthy self back in the driver's seat. This requires a lot of awareness, a lot of conscious effort, and a lot of internal dialoguing between the healthy self and the eating disorder self. There are many exercises you can do to really hone in on the qualities and characteristics of your eating disorder self versus your healthy self. You know, what are the qualities of your healthy self? What are the qualities of your eating disorder self? What values are important to your eating disorder versus what values are important to your healthy self? These are all questions that you need to reflect on because this awareness makes it easier for you to start living from the energy of your healthy self again. The concept here is that over time, throughout recovery, your healthy self will heal your eating disorder self. And the healthy self will grow and get bigger and the eating disorder self will get really, really small. And you're not gonna squash the eating disorder self. You're not going to kill the eating disorder self. You're just, you're going to let it just become small and not be in control again. Sometimes when you are recovered, you might hear the ED self chime in again. It might have something to say. It might have a thought that makes you want to use behavior. But when you are fully recovered, you have the tools and the strength to swat away that eating disorder thought and not take action on that thought. And again, we want to really reflect on the fact that our eating disorders came into existence to serve us in some way and they just kind of got it all wrong. The intention was good, so we are grateful for what our eating disorder attempted to do, but they did not do their job correctly, so we're just going to honor it, but not let it be in control anymore. The healthy self is the part of us that we want to be in the driver's seat. Dialoguing. What is dialoguing? Dialoguing is actually something that feels very basic when you break it down. So 
dialoguing requires that you, you know, crack open your laptop or a notebook and just start out by writing down an ED thought, so a disordered thought that you've noticed either in the moment or maybe throughout the day. That ED thought is something that's been bothering you. It comes up all the time and you just write that down and then the point is to exchange a conversation between the eating disorder self and the healthy self. So after you write down that primary eating disorder thought, you write down a healthy self thought that can challenge the eating disorder. And there are many ways that you can utilize the healthy self to challenge this ED thought. And it may take several pages of writing to write out this back and forth. It is writing out an internal argument within yourself. It's kind of interesting. It's very enlightening. You will learn so much about your own mental patterns and your ED's values and all of that just by writing out this conversation. And the more conversations you can write out, the more dialogues you can write out, you will notice that the eating disorder isn't actually as smart and as savvy as you think. And typically it says the same things over and over and over again. It is like a crying toddler or a broken record. It likes to throw fits. A lot of times it's just straight up mean and its arguments aren't based in reality. So it's really helpful to go back and read through your dialogues so that you can more deeply understand the fears that are rooted in your eating disorder and then practice strengthening that healthy voice, that healthy self. And you will begin to notice that there are some arguments that your healthy self can make that are truly powerful and effective. And I do want to say that if you do make the conscious effort to write out a dialogue, it is important that you always end your dialoguing with the healthy self winning the battle. So you can't just end the dialogue with an ED thought that wins. You have to try your hardest to find something in which your healthy self wins And this is very hard. And I'm going to share more about this uh, probably towards the end of this episode. Now, there are several tools you can use when you are doing these dialogues to help your healthy self win these battles and conversations. And I wanted to go through all of these tools today with examples so that you can start utilizing them in your own life and your own recovery. The first tool is probably the most touching and sweet of them all. Say you have the ED thought that you ate too much. Okay, that's a very common one I hear all the time. You ate too much food, you ate too much for dinner, you ate too much dessert, whatever this thought is. I want you to imagine 
how you would respond if someone you love said this to you. Think of somebody you really love deeply. This could be a daughter or a son or a niece or nephew. I like to think of little ones, but it could be your best friend. It could be your sister, your brother, whoever. Think of someone you truly love. And if they came up to you and said, I ate too much. I hate myself for that. I I am so mad at myself. I shouldn't have had that much food. I bet money that you wouldn't tell them, oh, No problem. Just use all of these ED behaviors instead and you'll be fine. You know, you wouldn't suggest to them to work out at the gym for extra time tomorrow or use, you know, some sort of behavior like restriction or purging or whatever it might be. You would never prescribe that to them. You would respond in a loving, compassionate way. So for instance, if you have a little niece and she came up to you and said, I ate too much today, you might respond in a more loving, beautiful way. You might say something like, it's okay, sweetie. Sometimes our body needs more food than usual to meet its needs. Or you might say, it's okay, love. Food is fuel. Your body will use that energy and nourishment the way it wants to. And you might even say to your niece, like, it's okay, sweetie. You do not have to feel guilty about the food you eat. Sometimes you can just eat from a place of enjoyment and fun. And that's what you did today. And that's okay. So finding that love and compassion within and thinking about what you would say to a loved one and then reflecting that back towards yourself. And you might be thinking, yeah, it's easy for me to say these loving and compassionate things to other people than it is for me to say them to myself. And that's okay. That's very normal. I want you to be open to the possibility that one day you will be able to say these things to yourself and really Take them in and believe them and know that it's okay to direct that love towards yourself. The art of practicing this tool of responding to your eating disorder self as if you were responding to a loved one, that is the art of practicing building up your self-loving voice, your compassionate voice, and then being okay with that being directed towards you. And it might feel uncomfortable, but you have to start doing that. You really cannot recover without building up a sense of self-compassion. You have to start speaking to yourself kindly, being loving and gentle with yourself. So the next tool that I highly recommend when challenging your eating disorder voice is appealing to logic or science. As we know, when the eating disorder is in control, it will say things that make no sense whatsoever. And so when you challenge your ED thought with something logical or science-based, it's a powerful tool to really shutting up the eating disorder. So for instance, you might have the ED thought that 
That piece of pizza is going to make you gain weight. What you want to do when you utilize this tool from the point of your healthy self is to challenge the idea that a single piece of pizza is going to make you gain weight. So your healthy self might respond with something like this. It might say, it's not the food that makes you gain weight. It's the behavior attached to the food that makes you gain weight. Also, all calories are equal. So if you're looking at pizza as the devil and judging it as a bad food that will make you gain weight just by looking at it or having a few bites, you need to call yourself out and say, all calories are equal. Having a piece of pizza is going to properly fuel my body. Another piece of logic that you can use to dispute the thought that having a piece of pizza is going to make you gain weight is that, you know, when you're in energy debt, which is typically, you know, for the restrictive type eating disorders, your body is going to use those calories for hair, skin, nails, hormone regulation, and it's going to use those calories for so many things before it would ever start storing the energy as fat. While you are listening to me challenge these eating disorder thoughts today, I highly encourage you to pause this episode and practice challenging these thoughts with your healthy self using the tool that I'm talking about. So take a moment to think, how would your healthy self use logic and science to challenge the idea that having a piece of pizza is going to make you gain weight. Another example that will demonstrate this tool is if you think about the thought, you will regret not working out today. And something that you could use that is an appeal to logic is the thought, oh really? Because my recovery team asked me to stop working out and they're all eating disorder professionals who have my best interest in mind. Just reminding yourself that you have a whole team of people, if you're lucky and you are taking steps for support, you will start to build a team of professionals who are all highly trained and well-studied on recovery. So you might have to ask yourself, what makes me think I know better than these individuals who have years of training under their belt? The third tool that you can use to challenge your ED voice is to find evidence against that thought. So basically looking out in the world and finding proof that that thought is wrong or that the opposite thought is true. A common ED thought that you could use this tool for is the thought, nobody will love you if you gain weight. And when you look out in the world for evidence against this, You can see so many examples of how weight gain has no reflection on how much you are loved. 
people in larger bodies have beautiful, happy relationships and friendships. And also, you could probably remind yourself that your family loved you and will always love you no matter what size your body is existing in. So there's evidence against the thought that nobody will love you if you gain weight. Another thought that you can use this tool for is the thought you are going to lose control if you recover. Remember, we want to find evidence against this. So you might want to ask yourself, am I truly in control? What are some examples where my eating disorder actually shows that I'm out of control? So you could challenge this by saying, oh, really? Do I really have control? Because I have no control over my life or food at the moment. I lash out at my family when I don't want to. I lie and manipulate my friends when I don't want to. I'm forced to go to appointments all the time. I have to skip work because I'm too sick. And I can't go out to dinner without crying or panicking. These are all signs that you do not actually have control of your life when you have your eating disorder. Looking for pieces of evidence that you don't have control when your eating disorder says you do is another example of how this tool can really help you make progress. And so that can be used when you are writing out your dialogues. Next, the tool I also encourage you to use is to challenge your eating disorder self by asking it questions. So you want to take on the persona of maybe a curious student or even a lawyer in a courtroom trying to poke holes in a really crappy argument. Going back to that ED thought that you ate too much you might be able to ask your ED from the point of your healthy self, according to who? Who told me that I ate too much? Who knows how I feel inside my body? Why is eating this much too much for me if I'm hungry? You know, there are lots of questions you can ask yourself to have your healthy self's back. Your healthy self is smarter than your eating disorder self. So when you ask questions that kind of poke holes in the ED's argument, the more difficult it will be for the eating disorder to win that back and forth. Next, another tool that I want you to use, and in my opinion, this is the most powerful tool, is to always appeal to your vision of recovery, your goals, and your big picture. If your ED says something like, you can't eat that snack today because you had a big lunch or whatever, your healthy self might be able to chime in and say, oh really? Because if I do eat the snack, I'll be closer to reaching recovery, which means I can finally stop obsessing over food and live a life that's present and spontaneous and meaningful. 
And then I can also travel the world without guilt. I can focus on the things I love. I can build strong relationships. I could reach my career goals. So taking into consideration everything you're doing and why you chose recovery in the first place, I believe is the most effective way to shut your eating disorder thoughts out and move forward from a place of your healthy self or your higher self. This is by far the most important thing. When you can keep your vision front and center in your mind, it's a lot easier for you to make decisions that are aligned with your healthy self and take actions that support your recovery. That's really important. I also wanted to say that when you start dialoguing, you have to check in on how you feel when you are formulating your arguments against your eating disorder. So sometimes when I first start dialoguing with clients, they have all the right answers, you know, all the right responses that the healthy self should say. They base it in logic, they bring up science, they ask the right questions because, you know, we are all very smart. We have the ability to come up with these healthy self thoughts that we can intellectually believe or perhaps we know that somebody like us could believe these thoughts. But if you don't feel inspired and excited by these healthy self thoughts, you have to put in a little more effort into finding the thoughts that really ring true for you and feel good within your healthy self. It's not a matter of having the right or perfect healthy self response. It's a matter of finding something that you know you can buy into. And usually you have to have some emotional excitement or inspiration behind that thought to really start trying it on and living as if that's real. And remember, you've had your eating disorder for so long and the thoughts that you have related to your eating disorder are very much ingrained and maybe even automated at this point. So it's going to feel uncomfortable and you have to spend a lot of time doing this to unlearn all of those thought patterns. When you find a healthy self-thought that you can see yourself truly believing, you have to practice using it and implementing it in your life many times before that becomes an effective, powerful response. So it's not like you will think about an effective, healthy self-thought and then be like, Eureka, I'm cured. (laughs) It's more like, okay, this thought has potential. Now I have to sell myself on this thought. I have to think of why does this thought matter to me? What do I believe about this thought that connects me to my recovery? And why is this a powerful thought? It does take some time. And I want you to recognize that this isn't going to be an overnight tool that will just heal you immediately it does so much for just building awareness and again passing the microphone over to your healthy self for the first time in potentially years or decades we want to allow your healthy self 
to take up space and it needs time to explore the thoughts that are going to be impactful in challenging and defeating the eating disorder voice. And finally, I do want to say in there that if you are having trouble formulating your healthy self thoughts, just have patience. And when you're dialoguing and you feel totally stumped, always tell the truth. Okay, so if you're not sure how to respond, just say, I'm not sure how to respond to that eating disorder. I just know I don't want to believe it anymore. And then go from there. It's not going to be a perfect process, but you do always want to be honest when you are dialoguing. So please keep that in mind. Overall, those are the tools that I find to be the most powerful in challenging your eating disorder thoughts when you are dialoguing between your eating disorder self and your healthy self. Remember, it's kind of a ping pong, it's a back and forth, and the ultimate goal is to have your healthy self walk away as the champion. I hope this episode has inspired you. I challenge you to track your eating disorder thoughts this week and maybe in a notebook, write them down and then practice dialoguing or at a bare minimum, write a healthy self-response when you can. Ideally, once you get good at this skill, you can start dialoguing back and forth in your head. But I really do think it is powerful to write out your dialogues at first, either after the fact or maybe in the moment. But again, you will get to the point where your healthy self starts to win maybe 50% of the time, maybe 60% of the time. And then after a while, you will be able to always beat out that eating disorder thought. And that is how you reach recovery on a mental level. I hope you guys have an amazing day. Please share this episode with a friend who might need the support. Write a review if you found this to be helpful. And also, I truly encourage you to reach out to me either on Instagram or through email and let me know how this has helped you. Let me know which thoughts you've come up with that are super powerful and effective in challenging your eating disorder. I love to hear from the listeners. I love your feedback and it really matters to me. So I hope you all have a fabulous rest of your day and I will see you next time.